Welcome to the Bedford First Assembly of God podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. We'd love to hear what God is doing through this ministry. If you have a story to share, send us an email at connect at bedfordfirstag.org. Also, feel free to visit our website at bedfordfirstag.org. You can view the live stream of our services and find out more about our church. Thanks for listening. Well, good morning. Are you guys nervous that I'm standing here? It's okay. You can be honest. Um, Aaron's, it's okay. You can stay. Okay. (laughs) Well, I want to introduce myself. Um, Most of you know me, but there's some that do not. My name is Heidi, and I I lead the um, student ministry seventh grade and up with a fabulous group of people. And... um, you guys have great kids. I mean, you know that, but it's probably nice to hear other people say it. And um, we just think a lot of your kids, and I just am honored to get to be a small part of their life, to, to hang out with them. I'm probably the most immature one in the group. I, so I'm right where I need to be. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to say welcome and introduce myself, who I am, and a thank you to Pastor Chris and Amy. They sent me a message this morning, said that they would be um, watching online, so I'm going to ask them and make sure. Was it live? Were you watching this live? Um, but anyway, so I just want to thank them for the privilege um, to get to stand here and present God's word today. So um, a quick plug here. I have a last-minute announcement, so it's, you won't find it in your... Um, bulletin. But thanks to Elizabeth, she encouraged me to do this. I contacted uh, Mount Pleasant Church, and we are going to um, get together with youth groups from around the community, not this Wednesday. It'll be a week from this Wednesday. It's August 9th, and we are going to participate in their mud bowl. They're going to participate in um, so it doesn't cost anything except probably some clothes. You might lose some clothes, shoes, I don't know, whatever it is, where the absolute worst thing that you could find. But I just wanted to let the parents know, the, the teenagers know, so we're going to have a sign-up on Wednesday at, at Collide, and so we need a number so that I can give them the information. There will be pizza, um, I think he said shaved ice. Anyway, it's going to be exciting, and I'm going to take pictures and hopefully survive. So anyway... That is August 9th, so make sure that you guys sign up on, uh, on Wednesday. All right, so I was joking a little bit, kind of, when I, um, I told the, the guys up here, I said, I'm pretty sure that the manufacturer of this pulpit does not believe in women in ministry because it's too tall. So it's not adjustable. Um, so anyway, I'm going to try my best to not tiptoe and see this. Um, okay, so um, many people in this room know me and know all of my flaws and failures, all of my shortcomings. And so I was talking to my dad the other day, and I said, well, you know, God used a donkey one time to speak. So here we are. So I just want you to know that um, I recognize that I have not already figured out everything that I'm going to talk about here today, that this isn't a message from me to you, this is a message from God to us, that he's already been dealing with me on this and will have to continue. Um, and uh, so that's, I just wanted you to know where I'm coming from today, that, that God actually gave me, um, he, he kind of 
started this whole thing, he birthed this in me, if you will, um, in a tent in Yellowstone National Park. So it's been about a month coming, but God just started um, giving me little bits at a time. And so this is for me uh, probably more than it even is for you guys. So uh, Yellowstone, many of you have been there. How many people have been to Yellowstone National Park? Okay, yeah. All right, um, so this was my first time. Uh, I learned that Yellowstone has five over 500 geysers. All right, now the most famous one we know is All Faithful. That's good. See, you get an A. School started already. You get an A. Um, yeah, so I only knew about Old Faithful, so I just, you know, what is in Yellowstone? That was my answer. But what I didn't realize is there are over 500. But Old, Old Faithful is um, famous because it is the most dependable, the most consistent geyser. So you've got these geysers that uh, you might hike two or three miles out into the woods, maybe four miles. This happened to us one day. We, were, we went out and we saw a geyser and we were able to see it go off and it was very erupt. It was very exciting. And we were on our way back and our guide had told us, well, it's our best guess is about every three hours, but we don't really know. So we're walking back and these people approach us and they're like a mile out and they're like, oh, are we going to get to see it? And we're all like, no. I know you've hiked all this way, but you can just go look at that stump in the ground. Like, it's, you're not going to see anything. So people will go and they'll look. And some of them are, are huge. Some of them are small. But they'll, people will go and they'll look and they'll try to find an eruption. And then sometimes they don't get a chance to see it. But Old Faithful is world-renowned for its dependability, for its consistency. So... As I stood there watching this water spew from the ground, God spoke to me and said, that's who I am. <laughs> that's a message for today, is old faithful. That's who God is. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's old faithful. We can, we can count on him. We can set our watch by his faithfulness. And so the title of the message today is Old Faithful. We read it in a scripture, um, we experience it in our life, or maybe we know uh, somebody else who has a story of God's faithfulness, but still we find ourselves at times not trusting him. Why? Why do we do this? <laughs> because sometimes we forget to. You know, sometimes I'm accustomed to handling everything on my own, and so I forget to trust. I forget to stop and think, oh, wait. God probably knows what his, he's doing. I should probably rely on him. We just, as people, we just generally don't trust. We're not as trusting. Um, in Deuteronomy, we're not going to turn there, but in Deuteronomy, um, Moses told the Israelites, if you remember the story, he said to take stones and to build a memorial to remind them of God's faithfulness so that the next time, that they had a trial, the next time that a storm came, the next time that they freaked out and they spiraled and they forgot to trust God, that they could look at this memorial and say, oh yeah, God came through for me. God performed a miracle, he's faithful. And so God has a question for me and he has a question for you today. And that question is, do you trust me? Do you trust me? We sing about it. We sing about it today, right? We read about it. 
We can teach it. Most of us can teach about it. We've done it our whole lives. God is faithful. You can trust him. But then what happens when the rubber meets the road? What happens when we're right in the middle of something? We forget to trust him. Or we're like, well, if you're like me, I say, well, I trust God. I don't trust myself, and I'm involved, so, you know. God's a little bit bigger than that. He can overcome the things that, that we need to overcome. And so, for some people, um, trusting is harder than for others. I, I recognize that. Some people have trust issues because they've been hurt by, by people. Some people have been manipulated. They've been burned. They've been lied to. You know? and, and so trusting doesn't come as easy for some people as it does for others. But it's difficult for all of us because we like to be in control. But today, God wants to remind us that he can be counted on. So it's, it's okay. It's safe to trust him because he is faithful. So our scripture for today is Psalm 34, verse 1 through 8. And I am going to read this in the King James Version. Listen, some of you have always been told that that's like God's translation. That's not why I'm reading it because I don't read, I'm just, this is a newsflash. I don't read the King James Version mostly because I would need an interpreter because I don't speak King James. So, uh, but. So here's the cool thing. The reason I'm reading from King James, maybe this isn't so cool to you as it is to me, but um, when we were in the tent and I was, as I do, freaking out about everything, like, oh, what's going to happen? Can I do it? Am I ready for this hike? Oh, what, oh how's it going to work out? I just, what if it doesn't? This is all happening in my head, and some of it out loud. Holly gets to hear a lot about it. And I didn't realize how many anxious thoughts I have um, but my sister, she likes to point everything out about my life. And she's a, like, things I do that are weird, things I do that are wrong. She's like, do you realize you always do this? And then I get a complex about it. Um, what are sisters for? And so she, she always tells me, how do you not have an ulcer? Like, I don't understand. I never realized that I'd do this. But anyway, so I'm in my tent, and I'm spiraling, you know, as we do sometimes, as I do all the time. And I, oh, gosh. And then I thought, you know what, I just need to hear God's word. Well, we had very limited resources that we were allowed to take with us. So I didn't have my Bible. They said you could bring a book, but I was afraid to get tore up. I'm sorry. Okay, so I thought I'll use my Bible app. Well, I didn't have a service. So I was desperate. I clicked on the, on the Bible app hoping something would pop up, and it defaulted to King James Version, um, and there was a, a scripture from Psalms. It was Psalm 34. And so I was like, well, I guess this is the one I'm reading. And I read it, and it was everything I needed to hear in that moment. And I was like, okay, the Lord's speaking to King James. Woo! You know, I was, I was excited. So the cool thing is, I come home, and I needed to watch this service from when Amy spoke earlier in the month, which she did an awesome job. Uh, we're so blessed that we have Pastor Chris and Amy to pour into us. So I watched that service, and that was awesome. And as YouTube does, there's a video below it, and it was about trust. And I thought, well, you know, God's been talking to me about trust. I'm just going to click on it. So I click on it, and um, he says, we're going to read Psalm 34, 1 through 8, and I'm going to read it, would you believe, from the King James Version. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like the Lord just kept putting it in my face. And then he says, uh, yeah, the song that we sang today was written from this scripture. 
So I was like, okay, what's that song? I put it on my playlist. I've been listening to it all month. The song is the one that we sang today about trusting God that we, it was new last week, and we sang it this week. That song comes from this passage. So listen, this is not my message to you. This is God's message to us. Okay. Verse 1 through 8. This is basically a testimony. David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord, and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears, and looked unto him, I'm sorry, and they looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and deliver them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. David starts with this overwhelming praise because God's good. He can't keep it inside. He can't help it. And he testifies why. He says, God is faithful. He says, I sought the Lord. Sought. That word sought, that is not a casual request. If you look up sought, the word sought means to hunt down, to chase down, to pursue. It is a passionate pursuit of God. He said, I passionately pursued God and he heard me and he answered me. So when we passionately pursue God, he hears us. You know, the times that you don't feel them, you don't think anybody's listening. I'm in a room by myself, and it's like I've said this prayer over and over, and I'm not getting an answer. God is listening to you. He hears you. And it says he delivers us. It says that he lightens us. Ooh, I need that one a lot. He lightens us from our worries, from our burdens. He saves us. And then this one is super cool. He encamps around us. That is awesome. That's a, that's a protection. He settles in. He sets up camp around us. And then David said, it's not enough for me to tell you. Taste and see for yourself. Go experience. Try him out. David said, I, you know, I can tell you what I've done. I can tell you what God's done for me. But until you experience it for yourself, you're not going to trust him. He has to be faithful for you. And so that's what David is saying, taste and see. So today, God wants to remind us that he's faithful. He's old faithful. We can trust him. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, you guys know this scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. History proves that he's faithful. So he's asking us today to trust him with everything we are. So that's what we're going to look at. The first question that the Lord has for us today is, do you trust me with your mind? Do you trust me with your mind? This is our thoughts, our concerns, our anxieties. So many of us deal with this. Uh, Stress is everywhere, job, school, it's on the TV. It's the constant, he said, she said, stress. Anxiety, 
Uh, could you put the photo, would you care, of the Scantron up there? Okay. I don't know if you know what this is. This is a Scantron. Okay. Now, I don't know when they started using these, and they might, they probably don't use them any, do they? They don't, yeah, okay. Sorry, I'm old. My sister's going like this. See, she keeps me straight. Um, Scantrons. Okay, so when I was in school, this is how we had to take tests a lot of times. So you'd have to get your number two pencil, and you'd have to fill in the little circles or whatever, like A, B, C, D, and then they'd run it through a machine, and yeah, that does sound pretty old. Um, let me just tell you that when I look at this picture, I get anxiety, and it is not even about the test, people. It is about the circles. Okay, I have got some serious, serious problems. Like, if somebody knows how to diagnose me when this is over, please see me afterwards. But I would get so like, oh my gosh, we're supposed to fill in these circles. And they say, fill them in dark and complete. Well, don't tell someone that's got OCD to like circle complete. I'm over there like, people are trying to get the next question and they're like five questions away and I'm still like, oh my gosh, that side is not shaded as well as this. I had so much anxiety with Scantrons. My mom was like, if I'd have known, because I just started like revealing all of these things to her in my adulthood, and she's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. So, okay, so I, if you're like me, there are times that I spiral. Okay, you can go back to, the, to that first point. <laughs> Nobody needs to look at the scantron. Um, I spiral, okay? I spiral sometimes. What is going to happen? Am I going to be enough? Is this all going to work out? It, this and that and that, uh, uh, the ulcer. Yeah, it's just nonstop. Okay, so I deal with anxious thoughts. We all have worries. How many of you worry? Make me feel better. Let's see. Okay. Whew. Now, I'm not going to ask the Scantron circle question because I don't want to know the answer because uh, I have a feeling I'm all alone. Um, the littlest things, silly stuff, but then the biggest things, like sitting next to your loved one and praying to God that he heals them before they pass. Please do a miracle. We stress about the big stuff and the small stuff. We sing it, we teach it, but in the quiet of our mind, do we trust him? Do we trust him uh, with stuff that we can't control? Like, you know, what's gonna happen with this struggling relationship? Right? Uh, maybe the things that, the, the outcomes, like uh, our finances, you know, when everything goes wrong all at the same time, and like five things break at once, and I'm like, I wasn't planning for that, <laughs> you know. Um, are we going to have enough money to live on for the remainder of our life? These are all things that we think about, right? It's tough to say, God, I trust you with this real world stuff. Yeah, I mean, Moses did it. A am I doing it? So let's look back. Old Faithful, let's, let's take a look back. Exodus 14, we're not going to read it. I'm going to run through it really quick. The Israelites find themselves in a similar situation. Um, God had delivered them, if you remember, from Egypt. They were in slavery and bondage, and Moses, Moses leads them out, and Pharaoh is ticked. So the army comes after them. And, you know, God had answered prayer after prayer. He had been faithful, been faithful. And they find themselves between the Red Sea and the army. And then the Israelites start spiraling. What's going to happen? I knew it. I knew this was going to happen. Why did you lead us out here? We'd rather be slaves. 
They'd rather go back and be slaves. They're mad. They're spiraling. And this uh, is what happens. Moses tells them in verse 13, he says, don't be afraid. Stand still and watch the Lord rescue you. Stand still and watch the Lord rescue you. Now, stand still doesn't mean do nothing, lay down, you know, kick your feet up. Stand still is a surrender. It's like, you know what? God has control of the outcome. He's in control of the timing. I'm going to stand here, and I'm going to watch him come through. It says that the angel of the Lord moved from the rear or from the, the lead where he had been leading to the rear of the camp between them and the army. If you remember in Psalm 34 that we just read, it says the Lord encamps around us and he delivers us. That's exactly what he did in this story. He moves to the back of the camp and he protects them with the pillar of cloud and, the, and at night with the pillar of fire and they're able to walk across the sea and re, be removed from that situation. God is faithful. God is faithful when we're overwhelmed, when we don't know how it's gonna turn out, when we're anxious. He says, I've done it before and I can do it again. He's listening and if we will seek him, he will lighten us. He will lighten our load. All we have to do is surrender and watch his faithfulness. Do you trust him with your mind? The second question he has for us today is, do you trust me with your will? You trust me with your will. Our will is our choices, um, what we want to see, a, des a, a desired response, what we want to see, um, our plans what we have in store, like this is what I want to do, this is where I want to go. There's a, a Hebrew word, um, hineni. Now listen, if you're a scholar and you can pronounce that better than me, then don't tell me about it. Okay, so we're just going to go with hineni, and it means here am I. It's a yes to God. And it is a yes to God with absolute confidence. Here am I, all of me, ready to do whatever it is that you want to do. This is, um, it's a close relationship. You, you, you don't say, here am I, whatever you want for me, if you're not in this close relationship. But that's what this is. Hineni, what do you have for me today? Because a lot of us want to know, what does God have for me tomorrow? You think about God's will, people are always obsessed with tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. He's not a genie. Right? We're not looking at a crystal ball, but we all want to know, what do I need to do tomorrow? What do I need to do 10 years from now? Where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do with my life? And God, his will for us is today. We're ignoring today. And if we don't do his will today, we're never going to end up 10 years down the road in the middle of his will. You don't just wake up and go, wow, his will is amazing. It's every day. Hineni, what do you have for me today? Here am I? Jesus lived it. He said, I only do what the Father tells me to do. I mean, if, if this is the pattern that he sets, I don't know why I'm doing something different, but sometimes I am. Just going to be honest. Um, but when we live a life of yes, then we're giving him control to do things that we could never do. You and I, we live ordinary lives. Some of you, Gary, probably, he's extraordinary, but the rest of us live very ordinary lives, okay? We, we go to work. 
We go to school. We pay the bills, right? We, we go to practices. We run to and from. We live these ordinary lives, but we serve an extraordinary God, don't we? Okay, so he's going to guide us in our ordinary. There's a story in Acts, Acts 2.26. I'm sorry, 8.26. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible, but it's often overlooked because it's very short. There's this guy, Philip, and he is walking down the road, probably heading to Walmart. You know, he's got a honeydew list. I don't know. I'm just making things up. But, you know, he's doing his ordinary thing. We all have our to-do list, right? And an angel appears to him and says, go south down this road. Okay, so why? <laughs> if that's me, I'm going to be like, why? Okay. First of all, if you will tell me why, then I'll go do it. Or if you tell me what's going to happen, then I'll do it. Or maybe what's it going to cost me? Like these are all the questions that I would have for this angel. But it doesn't say that Philip asked any of these questions. He didn't ask about it. He didn't argue it. He just went. That's a life of yes. That is here am I. Hineni. It doesn't say that he questioned the angel. Philip was already in a place in his heart that he was ready to do God's will. Even though he, you know, the Bible says that we make our plans and that God orders our steps. He had plans. He had plans for the day. That's okay. Plan your life out. It's not the spiritual thing to sit around and be like, yeah, well, I don't have, you know, any plan to pay the bills next month. I No plan for retirement. God's just going to take care of everything. He says plan plan and do. Use what I've given you, but I'm going to order your steps, so be available to that. Be ready for that. So he says, yes, you know, by turning and walking down this road, and then he sees this carriage. So this carriage is carrying this Ethiopian guy, a a eunuch, and the guy is on his carriage, and he's reading the scripture, and the Holy Spirit tells Philip to walk up next to the carriage, now, I want you to notice in this story that God doesn't give him all the instructions at one time. He doesn't tell him, I want you to go up this road. There's going to be a guy. Here's what his needs are. This is what I'm having you do. He does not give us all the instructions at once, does he? No, he doesn't. I once heard a guy say that, um, that God sometimes speaks to us in constellations. Not like look at the star, like not a mystical weird thing. But you think about a constellation. Constellation like um, Orion's Belt or I don't know constellations. The Big Dipper, whatever. They, they're stars, but they form a picture. They form an image in the sky when they're connected. And sometimes we get so frustrated because we ask a question of God, like, God, what should I do? Where should I go? What's going on? And we get frustrated and we give up too easily and we say, this doesn't work. But sometimes God is trying to give us pieces at a time. You know, one star doesn't tell the story. When I was in my tent in Yellowstone and God gave me this verse, I didn't know that the rest of this was going with it. So sometimes God wants to work in constellations in our life. And we have to be willing to walk a journey with him so that he can 
speak to our hearts and speak to our life. He doesn't always just stand there and give us the whole point. And that's what happened. So here's Philip, and he walks up, and he says, hey, I, I hear you're reading the scripture. Do you understand what it's saying? And the Ethiopian guy says, no, I don't understand what this means. I don't have anybody here to explain it. So Philip jumps in the carriage. You guys probably know the story. He explains it. He tells him about Jesus, that Jesus had come to die. The Ethiopian guy knows Jesus, and then they stop and baptize him coolest story to me. But all of that happened only because Philip was willing to stop what his plans were for the day. And when God prompts him and says, go this way, he didn't ask questions. He just did it. Do you trust him with your will? We have to be able to let go of some control sometimes. The third thing, the last thing is, do you trust me with your heart? You trust me with your heart. The heart is, it's, it's really the center of who we are. It's, it's what we love. It's the emotions that we have because of the things that have happened to us. It's the good stuff. There's bad stuff in there sometimes. Some ugly stuff. Who has your heart? What has your heart? Like what has your affection? What has your heart's attention? What does your life circle around? It, it usually is driven by the heart, the things that matter to us. Our heart contains what we hold close, our desires. Sometimes there's sin, hurt, love, shame. It's all encompassing. In John 4, we're looking back one more time. In John 4, Jesus shows up in the middle of the day at a well because there's a woman that was coming that was going to hide in plain sight. You guys remember? She was um, living in sin and she was shamed by it. She had hurt. She was broken. She was broken and she didn't want people around her because she didn't want to have to explain herself or hear the scoffs or whatever. So she's coming in the middle of the day when she knows no one will be there because she's hiding in plain sight, carrying around sin, carrying around secrets, shame. And sometimes that's what we do. We walk around hidden in plain sight, sitting in church, holding in our secrets, things that we don't want someone to know that we're struggling with, the things that we, we don't want anyone to know that we think about or that we worry about, we, we keep things inside. We don't want someone to know about addiction or lust or habits or even pain. Sometimes we don't want people to know what's going on. And Jesus shows up in the middle of the day while we're hiding in plain sight. And he says, I know you. And I know that stuff about you. And I came to pursue you anyway because I love you and I don't care about what you're hiding. I don't care about the affections of your heart. I care about you. People in the world, the, the thing I hear the most from unbelievers when they talk about, would you give your life to the Lord? 
Would you follow Jesus? They're most concerned with what they're going to have to give up every time. You guys have heard that? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to. Ah, yeah, I know. It. I know Jesus is real, but I don't want to. I don't want to follow him because of what it, I'm going to have to give things up that I love, things that I care about. He's not trying to take from you. Uh, some of you have heard this story before. Um, when I was young, we lived in a log house. And to me, it was just perfect. Okay, what, what my home represented for me was safety, security. I belonged there. I was loved there. And there was only one thing to me that was wrong with it. And that was we got an infestation of wasp in the wall of my bedroom. Just, I was the lucky one. And if you know me, I have this irrational fear of bugs touching me. So it was like, ha, ah, ah, ironic. Um, but that was the only thing wrong with it to me, was it had this infestation of wasp. And um, one night, well, let me just say, sometimes so we would have, you know, during the day, some of them would come out. And then at night you could hear them in the wall, you know, you'd be afraid to go to sleep. But, Sorry, I'm like telling all your stories. Um, and so one night I had a dream, and the dream was that I was pouring gasoline on every log in that house. Now it sounds crazy, you know, dreams are a little crazy sometimes. I was pouring gasoline, and as I'm pouring gasoline, I'm crying because I loved my home. It was, it was where, I was loved. It was what I needed. It was what I wanted. And and then I set the house ablaze. So when I came back, of course I thought it's going to be in ruins. I come back and I'm expecting it to, to be just ashes. And when I came back, my house was exactly as it had been before. Nothing had been touched. There was no burn mark. There was no hint of smoke. Everything was exactly as it had been before. The only thing that was different was that the infestation had been burned away. That's what God does. He does not take from you. He just restores you. Do you trust him with your heart? I want you guys to get this today. When we surrender these things over, when we surrender our heart, when we surrender our desires and our plans, when we say, God, I don't know how this is gonna work out with my kids, but I give them to you. The stuff that keeps us up at night, our thoughts, our plans. If we will place our entire life on the altar and just say, all of this is yours, that he's not gonna take from you. He's just gonna make things better. I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. He set this up. He's asking us, do you trust me? Here's how we know. Here's how we know if we trust him. We know how we trust him by our level of surrender. If we've not surrendered something to him, we're not trusting him with it. We're hanging on to that, taking care of business ourselves. 
And David says, taste and see. Try them out. Give them a chance. I'm going to pray. We're not going to do the whole eyes closed, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to pray. And if you need to trust God, I just want you to respond. If you are, there's an area in your life that you need to surrender, I want you to just respond to him. He has been dealing with me on this and will continue. So the next time I say, oh, I just don't know how it's going to work out, you can be like, mm, you preached it. Let's pray. And I want us to turn this into a place of surrender because he's old faithful. God, we just trust you today. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you, God, that you give us your word, that we can look back, that we can read stories about how you've overcome, how you've been through it with people, how you've brought people through on the other side. And God, we need each other because sometimes I need to hear someone else's story about how God's brought them through. And Lord, I just, I thank you that you're faithful. I thank you, God, that, that we can trust you God, and you're calling us today to a higher level with you. You're asking us, give it to me. So God, we're here today and we just wanna lift our lives to you. We wanna lift our minds. We wanna, we wanna bring our will. We wanna bring our heart and we wanna offer it to you because we know that you are going to restore it. You're going to deliver us. God, you're going to make a way. And so God, we bring our needs to you today. Meet us here. In Jesus' name. Go ahead. If you want to come, come, and then I'm going to have a closing prayer. So we're just going to take a few minutes. We've got time. If God's speaking to you about something, respond to him.
will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord and the humble 
shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and they were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and he saved him out of all of his trouble. The angel of the Lord encamps around those that fear him and delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed are those of us who trust in him. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. God, that you are with us everywhere we go, that you go before us, that you come in around and encamp around behind us. God, that you make a way before us. God, you are faithful. So God, we give our minds to you, Lord. We give our plans over to you. And God, we give our heart to you today, Lord. We trust you because you are good. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you wanna stick around and pray, that's fine. If, uh, if not, if you would make your way to the foyer quietly. Thank you for coming. Bless you guys. <laughs>